Join us, friends. Great Scott, small guy. Do they know what we have in store for them? They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey Ghost, small guy? Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, Trey, what's going on, man? Spy guys, January the 1st, 2023. And, uh, man, starting a new year. We're going to do it right with this podcast. That's exactly right. I planned on kicking that podcast off uh, early this January. And we're going to go ahead and get the ball rolling and uh, kind of get some stuff out there. And, of course, we're known for doing Elvis history videos. But we're diversifying because me and you have varied interests, and we have been diversifying for a period of time. But now we're going to really diversify, and we're going to go into some other uh, genres, other details, other things, things that are interesting to us that we feel like will be interesting to other people. And this particular podcast is going to be about the legendary Andy Griffith. One of my favorites of all time, Billy, who I've actually met. So I'll be able I'm to jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. I never did get to meet Andy, but those shows are timeless. They, if you watch them today, it is just as cool as if you watched them when they were, when they were being aired, which would have been what time period? Late sixties, right? Mid sixties. No, the, uh, the early sixties, uh, early sixties. I, I believe it, it's, it started in 1960. If my, oh, you think in 60. Yeah, yeah, the wow. first episode aired October of 1960. Okay. So, uh, and it ran all the way until 68. So, it had a nice, you know, it was a, what, one of the top shows, number one show for a while. And uh, uh, so, it had a really great run. But like you said, it's one of those shows where, for me, I can watch an episode that I have probably seen about 78 times in my life. And... I'll enjoy it just like it's the first time I've ever watched it. It's one of those shows where you're just like, yeah, I've seen this, but I've got to watch it again. And you laugh at the same stuff you already always laughed at, you know? Yeah. And also, uh, it kind of is like Seinfeld. And what I mean by that is Seinfeld is a thing where there's things in your everyday life that that I bring up. I go, well, that I saw that in a Seinfeld episode. Andy Griffith is very much the same thing. There's things that happen. Yeah. in those shows that are things that would happen in your daily life or characters that you would know in your town, just interesting little pieces like that. And I think that a lot of it was uh, Andy knowing all these characters or searching out people that were, were, were interesting people just in their mannerisms, the way they presented themselves, that kind of thing. Do you know anything about that kind of how the, um, the characters were brought into the show. How did they decide on on uh, one that sticks out in my mind is Floyd the Barber. Okay, you know, Floyd is just a very uh, uh, his uh, mannerisms and the way he is is just very much him. So, all right. So, going back to the, you, you brought up Seinfeld. Here's a little fun fact: Andy Griffith's favorite TV show was Seinfeld. Really. Yeah, he loved that. He uh, there's and they were shot at the same soundstage, right, or the same studio complex. I, I believe the same studio complex. Yeah, at, at Red, Red Studios. Oh yeah, and and then there, um, you're you're right. Where you and I've been outside, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get in there one day, spy guy. But yeah. uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, there's an interview from I believe '96, Andy talking about Seinfeld, and that was a show that he watches. 
So, so, but yeah, it, it is a, it's a similar thing because of the characters. Uh, so what I know about the show is uh, Andy started on the pilot of the Danny Thomas show. And Danny Thomas comes into the town of Mayberry, North Carolina. And of course he was speeding and he gets pulled over by the sheriff. So the sheriff takes Danny Thomas's character to down to the courthouse and Danny Thomas wants, he's mad because he's not going to pay this ticket. I'm not paying this ticket for going five miles over the speed limit in this rinky dink little town here, you know? And uh, so anyway, he says, I demand to see the justice of the peace. And Andy said, well, all right, I, I, I think I can make that happen. And Andy switches over. He, they, he had the, uh, the, the sheriff, um, uh, on his desk, he had a nameplate on his desk, and mm-hmm. Andy said, I, "I can make that happen." And he he turned the nameplate, and it had Justice of the Peace on the other side, Billy. Wow! So, so Andy's a Justice of the Peace of this town as well. So uh, so anyway, anyway, they started on the Danny Thomas show, and then guess who was watching that night, Billy? Who's that? Don Knotts. Oh, really? Don Knotts. The very next day rings up Andy Griffith. He had worked with Andy on No Time for Sergeants on Broadway, and he's in the No Time for Sergeants movie, Andy Griffith's movie. So they mm-hmm. were they were kind of friends at this point. And uh, so, so Don Knotts calls up Andy Griffith, and he says, hey, Andy, I really loved the pilot last night, but um, don't you think your character, your sheriff, needs a deputy? And Don, and Andy said, you know what? You got a got a great point there, Don. Let me call Sheldon Leonard, which was the producer of the Andy Griffith Show. Next thing you know, Don Knotts now is Deputy Barney Fife, and the rest, as Andy says, was history. Because Andy soon, if you go watch the first season of the Andy Griffith shows, Sheriff Taylor is a different character than he what he would become. Mm-hmm. See, they were they had written Andy to be the straight uh, the 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 comedy man. He was going to be the comedic. You know, doing all the jokes and everything for all these crazy characters in the town of Mayberry, Florida Barber, Gomer Powell, Otis Campbell, the town drunk, Goober, all of these guys. Andy was going to be that country bumpkin uh, comedian, which he is the first season. It's, it's fascinating to go watch that first season and then see year two of the Andy Griffith show. Don Knotts comes along and Andy Griffith, after two episodes, said, wait a moment, man. I've got to be the straight man. Uh, Barney is going to be the comedian of the show and that's the rest of the history. And that's what really made the, the show work is Andy was the normal guy surrounded by all of these people with egos and just, you know, their lives were bigger than what they really were in their brain, you know? And Andy was that kind of that, I think that character that, that kind of made us all feel like is reality and there's a there's a leader and Andy Griffith, Andy Taylor was that leader of that Andy Griffith show. And Barney needed Andy. Ain't no doubt about it, but Andy needed Barney as well. <laughs> yeah. That was the magic formula for sure. Now you brought up a name that that made me want to ask a question. We hadn't talked about this before, so you may not know the answer. But you mentioned the name Sheldon, Sheldon Leonard, mm-hmm. which is by the by the way, the name of a character on uh Big Bang Theory. Is that a coincidence or was that 
named because of Sheldon Leonard. Someone was doing a shout out for Sheldon Leonard. You know what? I don't, I don't know the answer to that, Billy, and I haven't really thought about that, but I, I guarantee you that's because of Sheldon Leonard because Sheldon Leonard now, you don't probably realize it. Dick Van Dyke show, Andy, Danny Thomas, Gilligan's Island. Uh, well, Sherwood Schwartz was Gilligan's Island. Sheldon Leonard was involved. Sheldon, was he? Okay. Oh, Sherwood yes. Schwartz was uh, Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island. Let me see if I can pick do as and I, I hated to. I'm not trying to sidetrack this thing, yeah. but I just thought that that was an, an interesting thing. And by the way, while he's looking for that, friends, uh, Trey and I went out to Los Angeles to where – I'm, there's not going to be anybody that listens to this podcast that hadn't seen the Andy Griffith show, I don't think. Uh-uh. So in the intro of the Andy Griffith show, you've got Andy and you've got Ron Howard, Opie, walking and they've got uh, came, you know, fishing poles and they're walking down to the fishing hole. We went there and filmed that. That you, That is on my channel on YouTube. Sadly, they were filming something when we went and filmed that. So there was a giant log cabin right in the middle of the path. Yeah. But all that was filmed at the, uh, the what they call it? The Hollywood, uh, no, Beverly Hills. Uh, Park. It's in Griffith Park. It's Gr- No, it's not Griffith Park. That's not right. It's the Beverly Hills. Reservoir. Reservoir. That's it. But it's called something reservoir. Yeah. Um, but basically all of the drinking water for Beverly Hills is in that reservoir. So whenever they would put boats in the water for the show, they would have to sanitize the boats and all that, that kind of stuff. They couldn't just jump in the water, stick boats in the water because it was actually part of the drinking water system. And if you've ever watched the Brady Bunch, the, uh, the parts of the Brady Bunch where they're down, where they went, went camping in season one, you know, they go out camping and set tents up and all that kind of stuff. It's on that same reservoir. A lot of stuff was shot there. And I, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's not it's not Griffith. Um, uh, but anyway, that reservoir, if you ever look, we do have a video about that where we go there and we visit. And uh, we also were lucky enough to go and visit the Brady Bunch house while we were there. And Trey got to do a quick interview with uh, Cindy. She just happened to be there at that moment. So that's a, I, an aside. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to talk about that on the episode. But yeah, yeah. I, it's fascinating for me because... I, I catch that area where the fishing hole was filmed all the time in all those old shows. And I was just watching a Charles Brunson uh, movie from the seventies, not too long ago. And I think I text you and the murder happened right there at the fishing hole where, where Opia uh, throws the, the rocks. Uh, that mm-hmm. was a crime scene for the movie. And Brunson comes out of those trees that you and I, we walk past. He mm-hmm. comes out of those trees, and I was like, "Man, that's cool. That's the fishing hole." But uh, tell tell him about that fishing hole, Billy. The water's gone. Yeah, that's what I was going to get ready to go to. Is where he threw that rock. Where Opie steps over to the edge and throws the rock. There's literally no water. We were able to walk down the bank and walk through uh, that, and I even found the rock. Ironically, yeah, you did. You found it. It was. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. So- <laughs> Be for real. I mean, but it might not be. But who who knows? I wonder how people have taken rocks from that area. I bet you there's rocks all over the world from there. But there's still water in the reservoir, but it has gone. It's further down. But it's an interesting place. If you ever go there, make sure that you go to the reservoir, and you can drive all the way around it basically. Yeah. Um, But there's a spot, and it's in a lot of new movies too. The movie that we were watching was some kind of a scary movie that they were filming. 
Yeah. Uh, we were there, and they had the uh, film crews and a log cabin set up in the middle. And uh, I haven't been lucky enough to catch it where there wasn't something being filmed there because there's stuff being filmed there all the time. But it was an interesting place. Another place that we went to, as we mentioned, was Red Studios, where uh, the, the Andy Griffith show was filmed. Uh, I Love Lucy was filmed there. Uh, Seinfeld, I believe, was there. Um, just a, a ton of them all in that little, it's called Red Studios now. Yeah. The other place that we went was the 40-acre back lot which is really uh, not 40 acres. It's really 29 acres. Yeah. But we went there, which is where the city of Mayberry was set up, which is all facades, by the way. When you walked into the sheriff's office, that's on a set at Red Studios. What you saw was the front of it. So they would do shots where, where they walk. Uh, an example would be where uh, they have the exploding goat, you know, and they're standing out in the, in the street out there. and You can see the front of the sheriff's office and all that. If they were going to do a shot where they were walking in Floyd's or walking in the sheriff's department, they would shoot it from the outside and then go to the studio and do the inside shots. But all that stuff is gone now. And luckily we were able to use, I don't think I've even put that out. Have you put yours out yet on that? I don't think I have either. I want to go back. Um, yeah, we need to go back, but we got it right where it was at because of that manhole cover that was there. There's some, there's a few things still there that show us exactly where the spot was, where the sheriff's office was. Go ahead. Uh, the the manhole is what I was going to bring up on the loaded goat when they lead the goat out of the town of Mayberry. <laughs> yeah, Barney Barney's playing uh, I said the uh, um, like the harmonica. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, um, there's that it's man. It's like the Pied Piper. Yeah, that manhole is yeah. in, the, in, the, in the shot. Yeah, it and sure that is. Hole, that manhole is still there. Yes. And that's how you can help line up. Okay, so here's a really cool photo, and there was a building right next to that manhole, which was across the street from the courthouse. And, yep, that's where Billy and I was put the courthouse at, right there where it, it looks like it was in that photo. Yeah. But anyway, man, Billy, man, just I, I know it's all demolished and everything is gone. But man, just standing there knowing that we're in Mayberry, North Carolina. That's pretty crazy. Why? So the other things that were shot there yeah. um, so that, that are interesting is uh, Gomer Powell was shot there. Um, gone with the Wind was shot there. The same spot where the house were gone the wind, with the wind was when they tore that down, they built the they built Jerusalem for the greatest story ever told. When that was torn down, it was Hogan's Heroes. Dollar 13 was on the exact same spot. So if you had Tara there from Gone with the Wind, Dollar 13 was literally on the same spot, right in the middle of Dollar 13. Uh, and those are the things that stick out to me that were filmed there. Was I mean, there was a ton of stuff. There was a Western town there. It was all these different things. Oh, Star Trek was shot in Mayberry, by the way. So a lot of the Star Trek stuff was shot. You could see the facades. Now, they modified them and changed them. And updated them, but it was the same town. Yeah. Um, so that, there's a lot of that stuff that all went on in that same place. I know there's a few episodes, one or two episodes of Batman uh, that yes. the Batmobile is driving around and it's there in in that um, Culver City, in the 40 acres back lots. Uh, and Batman was actually filmed there at Culver City at the soundstage right across the street. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, and there's a video getting back to Red Studios. There's a video that people could go on YouTube of Andy actually driving down that road that you and I were on, where we, yeah. we took pictures out front of the sound stages where Lucy and stuff. Yeah. Coming down that road, Billy. 
uh, I found a video that's on YouTube and it's like they're doing an interview with Andy Griffith during that, during the show. And uh, they're kind of riding along in the car with him as he's coming to the studio. Yeah. So he turns right in that gate that's still there. And that's where Barney's girlfriend's house was directly across the street. And it's gone now. There's a parking garage. Thelma Lou's. Thelma Lou's house. And there was a lot it's of. Just, they used all these different little things that were all right around there. And all that was owned by uh, by uh, Desi Lou, Lou uh, Lucy and Desi, which eventually became Paramount. Mm-hmm. And remember there when we stood there for Lucy's, the 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 brat the where the uh, the sign yeah, the brackets were for the signs. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> I need to edit that and put it out because it's it's pretty epic. Yeah. Um, I haven't put that out yet, but that that will be coming up. So let's go back to so we've kind of covered the stuff that we did in Los Angeles. Um, I recently filmed in Goldsboro, North Carolina, but you recently filmed in Mount Airy, North Carolina. So let's let's go there. Let's talk about that. All right. So Andy's born in 1926 in Mount Airy, I believe June the 1st, 1926 in uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina. And uh, a few months ago, I actually got inside his house. Um, I pull up there and um, I'm getting some shots from a show I'm putting together for you guys. And uh, a squad car comes by. Like Andy and uh, Barney come driving by in a squad car. Well, what they do is they do tours all day long there in Mount Airy and you can rent a squad car and some, a guy will drive you around to, to locations. And uh, so anyway, uh, I was able to capture the squad car there where, well, another car pulled up behind the squad car and pulled into the house while I was standing there. And uh, I told them what I was doing and they were like, Hey, you want to come inside? Yeah, of course I do. That was my whole goal. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I come inside the house and man, they were the nicest people that you could ever meet. I mean, Everybody that you meet is like Mayberry. It's like, you know, they're all friends, fans of Andy Griffith. So we all kind of have that Mayberry spirit to us, I believe, is what it is. And uh, it was pretty fascinating uh, to be inside Andy Griffith's house and see, uh, you know, what it was like for Andy. Now, I think they've added, Andy added on to the front part of the home that you'll see in my video when he became a successful in the Andy Griffith show. He built added on to his mom and daddy's house because they lived there when he was in on the Andy Griffith show, his mom and dad still lived in that house in Mount Airy, North Carolina, Billy. That is amazing. Not only that, not only that, I, um, you know, knowing the history of Andy, like I do, I uh, went to his church. Um, that was a very, um, very important place for Andy Griffith and probably is the, the Andy Griffith we know today was probably very influenced by the church that you guys are going to see on my episode once I put it out. I don't want to give y'all too much, give you a little like get excited about. But I actually took a tour of the church and uh, learned some fascinating things uh, about Andy's life there. I, I, I like to call it I gave Andy Griffith the Elvis treatment, uh, Billy, because, uh, you know, I found another location that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. of Andy with a photo that exists of him. I was able to find that house by the help of some people in that church. Well, uh, that's what we do. We go, uh, we go in with Elvis stuff. We go around the world and do photo lineups and find stories and interesting people. And uh, to give you an example, guys, what we're looking for is there's people in Elvis's world. There's people in Andy Griffith's world that have been interviewed to death. We're not looking for those people. We're looking for the people that you've never heard of before that have a story, a real story. Now, there's there's a, a kicker is trying to 
to weed out what's real and what's not real because there's so many people in the Elvis world. There's so many people tr just making up stories, trying to be a part of the story. And I'm sure that it's very much the same way in the Andy Griffith show. Well, something I learned, something I learned, Billy, is I, I was asking the guy that uh, I actually took a, a, a squat car around Mayberry, Mount Airy. And I, I kind of asked a guy because there's an interview of Andy Griffith from 1996 and, he just really had nothing good to say about Mount Mary, North Carolina in 96 pretty much was mad. And I, I could sense, I could sense that there was something there. I, I could sense that Andy didn't have a relationship with the town. So something mm -hmm. over the years, of course, had happened. And what happened was what I learned from these guys that grew up there is when Andy lived there, he was poor and he wasn't treated good. Hmm. So all of a sudden he becomes Andy Griffith, the movie star, and everybody's his best best friend. And Andy had a problem with that because when he left Mount Airy, you know, his, his family were, I guess, low class, you know, they were Outcast, poor. Yeah. And then he comes back a movie star and then everybody wants to be his buddy and give him the town, the keys to the town and all kind of stuff. So it looks like for a long time until, until the last 10, 15 years of Andy's life, it looks like he really didn't have much to do with Mount Airy, North Carolina. Um, now, he had friends that still live there. Emmett Forrest is a guy. Uh, Mr. Forrest, I became friends with Mr. Forrest. And uh, he is influential of starting the Andy Griffith Museum in Mount Airy. If you go to Mount Airy, guys, you there's an incredible museum of Andy's memorabilia there for us to enjoy. And it's on the location of the high school where Andy went to high school at, Billy. The building's not there anymore, but where this museum is, through my research, that building was right there on that land. Yeah, the, gym, uh, the auditorium is still there, and, and it's, it's called the Andy Griffith Playhouse, and it's right next door to the museum. And the, the playhouse was very important because that's the first stage that Andy ever acted on when he went to grade school there. So Emmett Forrest was a childhood friend of his and went to school with Andy. You can see him in the class pictures. And he stayed in touch with Andy throughout the, his life. And um, Andy really appreciated, I believe, what em Emmett was just trying to, to keep his legacy going. And I believe Emmett was very important to getting Andy back in with Mount Airy, North Carolina. And Andy, at some point in the 2000s, some point started embracing his hometown again. And he actually showed up for the dedication to the Andy Griffith uh, Playhouse, or not the Playhouse, they 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 named a freeway after him in Mount Airy. And Andy actually showed up, and it's the first time that he had done anything in 30 years in Mount Airy. And it was a huge event. And then I think a year or two later, he showed up to Mayberry Days for one day. He flew in. Uh, Mr. Forrest told me that he and his wife flew down to Manio, and they got on a, a plane with Andy and flew back to Mount Airy with Andy and Cindy. That's his wife. And uh, Andy surprised, well, he, he was scheduled to be there and it was huge crowd, of course. And he goes up there and he has an awesome speech. And in the speech, he says, you know, everybody always says that Mayberry sounds a lot like Mount Airy. And then he says, it sure does sound like that, don't it? And, you know, everybody <laughs> loved that. But you see, about 10 years earlier, Andy's on a video saying, you got all these crazy people down in Mount Airy, North Carolina, think that I based the whole blanky blanky so, so show 
on Mount Airy. And it's not true at all. It was writers. You know, we were in a room. We created the show. I didn't base it off. But to tell you the truth, I just think Andy was mad at the leaders of Mount Airy. Mm -hmm. And if you go back, there's an Emmett. There's an Emmett in the show. Later on in, in the in the series, there's the Fix-It Man. Emmett the Fix-It Man. Mm-hmm. Forrest was his buddy. Emmett Forrest was his buddy. Barber. There was a barber there in um, in Mount Airy, which Andy Andy was mad that would act like he cut Andy's hair, which I don't think ever happened. I think the I think it was kind of so this NBA then Mooch by you know, NBA Mooch yeah. by uh, Andy. And <laughs> there was a barber downtown in Mount Airy. There was a there's a, a snappy lunch that is still in business downtown that everybody has to go stop at because snappy lunch was the snappy lunch on the Andy Griffith show. And the pork chop sandwich is their big famous thing. But Andy didn't eat the pork chop sandwich. Andy said that I would go down there when I was a kid for 10 cents and I would buy a hot dog. I like the hot dogs. So Andy did eat hot dogs there at the snappy lunch. Not the, he said, not the pork chop sandwich, but the pork chop sandwich was featured on the Andy Griffith show at snappy lunch. So, you know, Andy said this in the 90s because I think he's just mad at Mount Airy. But there's a lot. Pilot Mountain is real. Mount mm-hmm. Pilot is on the Andy Griffith show. That's right. So Mayberry definitely is influenced by Mount Airy, North Carolina. No doubt about it. And there's a lot of names in there that I've learned about that is featured on the Andy Griffith show. That's only from Andy Griffith. And I would have done the same thing. There would be a Billy Stallings in my show. There would be a... Um, I ain't going to talk about some of these other people, but there would be these characters in my show. (laughs) (laughs) So this is in the foothills of North Carolina, right at the edge. So the, in North Carolina, there's three areas of North Carolina. You have the Piedmont, you have the foothills, you have the mountains and Mount Airy and uh, Pilot Mountain were at the beginning, at the end of the foothills, the beginning of the mountains. Is that, is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, I, I stayed, I actually, my first time going up to, I went to Mayberry Days a few, about 10 years ago. Mr. Farris was still alive and everything. And uh, I actually, okay, when Andy died in 2012, I went to that next Mayberry Days because they were doing a memorial for him. And Andy didn't have a funeral or anything. He was buried. When Andy died, he was buried in five hours from his death. That was his wish. Cause he didn't want people like me to drive from Alabama to, to go to his funeral, which that's cool. You know, cause mm-hmm. he knows there was, there would be people that would have done that. And he was a very private man. And I'll get to that later when I share you my story of meeting him. But, uh, but anyway, I went to his memorial in 2012 at Mayberry days and I had to stay in Virginia, well, you know, Virginia. So I drove across the state line and stayed in wow. the about 20 miles away. And yeah. I was, up in, I was in the country. I was mm-hmm. up in the woods, Billy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I was up in the woods in, in that area. And uh, but man, uh, you've got—if you're an Andy Griffith fan and like, spy guy—if you've never experienced, man, you've got to go to Mayberry Days. I'm yeah. telling you, you've got to go to Mount Airy and experience it because you will leave thinking, "Man, I've been to Mayberry." Well, let's do that this year. Now, tell them about. Let's just do a quick plug. You got to do the thing with the squad car people. Tell them about that. You know, just real quick. How can they do those tours? Yeah, um, that, let me let me figure out the 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 um, the website. We'll put the website in the description of this video, Billy. Okay. So they can just click on the link. 
because I want to make sure that the guys, because I, I, I'm going to be. Those guys took good care of you, so you need to take care of them. They took really great care of me, and they, they were passionate about their, the Andy Griffith story in their town. And yeah. when you have people that are passionate about the story, uh, man, the, the tours are, are just you know incredible because I was able to ask them. Yeah, the funny part about it is they said that I knew more about it than they did. Mm -hmm. that's just how i am man but that's, hey that's what we do man we study stuff so let's talk quickly about uh my my wife's father john vanderfer was his name looked and sounded like andy griffith he did and he was from north carolina you know so it was that i when i married my wife that it was andy griffith that gave her away at the at the thing which is pretty surreal another little thing that happened was andy griffith was uh, in a play in Manio, right? Right. What's the name of it? Lost Colony. That's right. He was the lead of the Lost Colony. When I was a teenager, young teenager, I'm going to say 14, 15, 16 years old, my mother's boyfriend was the lead of the Lost Colony. And I can't, I can't think of his name, but he was, he was Andy Griffith in the Lost Colony. So played, I remember going there. He portrayed Sir Walter Raleigh. Raleigh, mm -hmm. Sir Walter Raleigh. That's right, which is a very North Carolina thing. And Andy is buried in Manio, right? Or on his island outside he's of there. Where, he's, where he lived at, yep. He had a private island. Am I remembering that right? Uh, it's not a private island. It just land? It's on the water. It's on the okay. water and it's a lot of land. Yeah. But it's very isolated. Yeah, no, you're not going to get to where <clears throat> he lived at. Don't even All try. Right, so <laughs> I'm going to tell, let's talk about the... Um, I went to Goldsboro, North Carolina, which I was raised, I was born and raised, I was born in Raleigh, but I was raised in a small town in North Carolina called Kinston, K-I-N-S-T-O-N. Goldsboro is very close to Kinston. It's 20, 30 minute drive. And <clears throat> Andy was a high school drama and music teacher at this high school that I just recently went and filmed. And he was responsible for starting the marching band for this high school, which they still have a marching band today. And what I thought was very, very cool about the whole thing was the football field looks like it's stuck in time. It has to be the same bleachers, the same goalposts. It's old, old, old stuff. But he would have taught there, um, I think in, I'm going for memory, 39, 40, 41, somewhere along in there. It would have been in the 40s. It would have been in the 40s. Yeah. yeah. Probably, and, in, um, probably in the middle 40s. I'm, and I, I, I just referred to I, I can't remember. So that's an aside. But what I wanted what I wanted to talk about was this. Um, I from my memory, uh, Trey, it was 39, 38, 39, 40, 41. But it, that may be wrong. Um, yeah, but what I want to talk about was the Elvis tie to this whole thing. Because there's always an Elvis tie to these things. Um, Andy traveled with Elvis on the package shows that were put together by the Colonel. Mm -hmm. So you can actually find photos of the Colonel and Andy Griffith together when Andy was out doing what it was, was football on tour and Elvis would be playing on that tour. Tell us about that. Yeah. Something and, and something fascinating I've learned about that is there in uh, Florida. Uh, they did that tour in Florida. We were talking about the, and it was called the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> and and there there at the bottom was Andy, uh, was Elvis Presley. I mean, great, mm -hmm. so great. Mm -hmm. But Elvis 
I'm sure Elvis, Scotty, and Bill and the Colonel would have learned Andy was backstage at one of these shows when he got a call that he had booked No Time for Sergeants movie. No. Wow. No, I'm wrong. A face in the crowd. A face in the crowd. Face in the crowd. If And guys, if you've never watched A Face in the Crowd, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, you will see how good an actor Andy Griffith was because that's an awesome film. I believe Leonardo DiCaprio even says it's his favorite movie. Wow. But So Andy got a, a call when he's backstage there at one of those shows with Elvis. So I think, and he, and I think where I read, uh, you know, everybody celebrated for Andy because he was going to do a movie. So, so imagine that, imagine that would have been 55. Yes. 55. Mm-hmm. So, so Elvis, so Andy was more popular at this point than, than Elvis. Yeah. As far as, because Elvis was playing on the show, Andy had what it was, was football out, which is you got to go to YouTube, go ahead and yeah, search. If y'all have never heard what it was, was football. <laughs> you got to do yourself a favor. And it's Rome- incredible. And he has one about Romeo and Juliet, which is awesome. Which is just, it's yeah. just he's a great storyteller. That's what he was. He was a storyteller. He and his wife, and if you go to the Andy Griffith Museum, they have display cases of uh, brochures and stuff that Andy and them passed out back then. He and his wife had a man-woman show, and they traveled around the Southeast when Andy was st- first starting. And they put on these shows for uh, clubs and auditoriums and just anywhere that would book them. And it was a man-woman uh, comedy act. So, I, th- I mean, that would, how cool would that be if there could be video of that, Billy? There could be Amazing. of that. But, yeah, so so imagine a young Elvis with Jimmy Roger Snow, right? Yeah, Jimmy's on the tour, too, yeah. Talked about Andy. Imagine them on a show with Andy Griffith, and you could pay, probably be in there for 50 cents back then. Crazy. Yeah. But, well, yeah, Jimmy told us about some of that, some of the things that were going on. Oh, yeah. And there's that I can see I can see the photos a big po, a big banner. I think and it's the Colonel and Andy are standing beside the banner. Yeah, I think in Tampa. Yeah, Colonel and in Andy. Tampa, I believe you're right. Yeah, they're out. It's like a night shot at night. They probably have just put that banner out front. They capture that photo with the auditorium behind them. So Billy yeah. and I have to go stand there. Yeah, because I believe that that uh, the auditorium is still there, Billy. And something uh, that I don't know if I've ever told you about. I think I have is. I did a show with Goober in yeah, you did. George Lindsay. I think we were in Wilson, North Carolina. And I actually recorded that show. I have a cassette of it. Probably the only the well, not probably, the only recording of that show. Um and but I got to spend time with Goober. He autographed at the time we were doing my son was a yo-yo champion. We were collecting yo-yos. And I took a Smothers Brothers yo-yo to Goober and got him to autograph it for me. And um uh, I, I think I actually have it over here. I'll pull it out in just a second. I went, and, uh, but he was a very, very nice guy. I, uh, I actually, I was, I was working up in, in Nashville and when Goober died and I was, my schedule worked out, I was in the area. So I, my friend was with me that was helping me film. And I said, Hey man, let's go to George Lindsay's funeral. So we go to George Lindsay's funeral, man. And you know me, I get myself into things. I get, mm-hmm. I walk back to the back where the family and friends are hanging out and I'm just socializing with everybody. And it was all the cast of Hee Haw. And um, what's the famous, the Ray Stevens. And, and Ray Stevens, a famous uh, comedian singer, Billy. And uh, they're all back there. And before his funeral, yes. 
the cast of Hee Haw sang the Hee Haw theme, and they played the Andy Griffith Show theme uh, there at his funeral. I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, and and the thing about it is, during his memorial service, guys, uh, they read a written letter from Andy Griffith. Andy couldn't be there, and what stood out to me about that is Andy says how much he was going to miss his friend, but that he knew pretty soon that his time would come too, Billy, and that he was going to see George Lindsay again. And I, and I thought to myself, it's, it's, it's going to happen soon. I, I just, you know, that, that thing that like, cause Andy was in his eighties and stuff. And sure enough, it did a few months later, but uh, yeah, I uh, went there and, the sad part about it is two weeks ago, George Lindsay's son just passed away. Oh, and really? I didn't know that. George Lindsay Jr. He was a Facebook friend of mine and he was only in his 60s. Wow. And, and I actually met him at Mount Airy and I told him that I went to his dad's um, funeral that day. And he, he thought that was great. He thought that was great that I did that. So, so this is my yo-yo. And I actually said that it was a Smothers Brothers, but it is not. It's actually a Duncan. <laughs> And this is the photos of him signing it. That's cool, man. Look at it. And then that's me and my son with my son looking at the yo-yo. Wow. Yeah. It think- was a banner day, man. Look at that. You with Gooper, with George Lindsay. Yeah, that's me with George Lindsay. And the incredible part about that, Billy, is is George Lindsay's an Alabama boy. Yeah. And, and, and-, and my son is 32 now, to tell you how long ago that was. Wow. So yeah, that was a while. And and Jim uh, Neighbors is an Alabama boy. So two of the stars of the show that were incredible characters for for Andy were from Alabama. And me and you have filmed several Jim Neighbors Jim Neighbors things. We filmed the uh, the stuff in Biloxi. Yeah, I've never put out. We hadn't put that out yet. We filmed stuff in uh, in Los Angeles, forty four, of course, forty acre back lot, all that. I, and I filmed, I haven't put any Frank Sutton stuff out. I went and filmed all the Sergeant Carter stuff. He was uh, born and raised in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is just outside of where I live in Nashville. And I actually went to high school in Nashville. And I was able to do some pick lineups at the high school, wow. which is pretty cool. He Frank Sutton, he died very young. Frank died at 51, 52. Yeah, it was from yeah. a heart attack. From yeah, a heart, attack. heart attack at while while acting, right. you know, at, at work or Get ready to go on stage. Yeah. Well, but you know, think about that show though, and those characters that surrounded Andy. I mean, you had Opie, which Run Howard was such an awesome child actor, and my brother actually just got me his book for Christmas, so I've been reading. So be stay tuned for Run Howard stories because I'm learning some really interesting things from Run Howard. He's very detailed in his book, which I love. And uh, but anyway, Run Howard was just the perfect guy little boy to play Opie to Andy to a mm-hmm. single father. And and then Barney and Dun Knotts, as I said, made that happen on his own. Hey Andy, don't you think you need a deputy? Yeah, Dun, I do. <laughs> you know, that's his history. He wins five Emmy awards for that. Man, he should have, man. It's it's uh, uh magic. So tell us about you meeting Andy. All right. So I um 2009, I was sitting in a class in a communication class in college, just bored out of my mind. And I got on my phone and, and I, I hadn't looked up Andy Griffith for a while. And I was like, let's see if there's any news on Andy. So I put his name in on, on the Yahoo. And sure enough, there was an article from like a day before that says the sheriff of Mayberry is heading to Raleigh, North Carolina. 
I was like, well, what's this? So I click on it that Saturday. I think this was like a Tuesday or Wednesday in class. That Saturday, Andy was going to be at Bev Purdue's swearing in ceremony. She became the governor of North Carolina in 09. And Andy helped Bev Purdue get elected. And Andy was going to be a part of the ceremony. He was going to read a point. So I'd always told myself if I could ever have an opportunity to meet Andy Griffith, I was going to have to take it. Now, I knew that Andy was a very private person and I was kind of afraid because I've not I've read some bad things that he wasn't as friendly as you you would think of him because of the shows, you know. So I said, well, I'm going. Sheriff Mayberry's heading to Raleigh. Trey Miller's going to Raleigh. So I had a date with my girlfriend that Friday and I, um, I stayed with the dates, but I uh, took her back home. And it was about nine o'clock. So I, I went back to my house and I couldn't sleep. So I just got in a car and I drove to Raleigh, North Carolina. I didn't tell anyone, no, Billy. I uh, didn't tell my parents or nothing about that. I was staying at the house by myself at that point. So, you know, and uh, so I drove to Raleigh, North Carolina. I get there at six in the morning, six fifteen in the morning it was a seven hour drive. And uh it was cold, Billy, man. This was January. It was really freezing that morning. I'm the first person out there. I go straight to where the ceremony was ha- at downtown at one of the uh, municipal buildings out front. Looked kind of like a, you know, really cool official with all the stairs out front, you know, in columns. And uh, so, man, I was like, man, I'm going to sit in the front row. First person here. So I get approached by this lady. I was just, you know, standing there. Lady comes up to me and was like, hey, are you already here for the uh, ceremony? I was like, yes, I am. I just drove all the way from Alabama because I'm a big fan of Andy Griffith. They put me on the news. <laughs> all right. This moron just drove all the way from Alabama. To call me a moron, but I'm sure that's what they thought. But anyway, so anyway, I said, well, I've got two hours. So I, I wanted to go get warm. So the only place open was a Waffle House. So I go and get warm at a Waffle House. But I go back out there and I got have me a good seat. I'm sitting there and I had just told the story to the person sitting beside me. And uh, next thing I know, the people sitting to my left, and I think the lady was sitting beside me, they started talking about, yeah, before we left this morning, we heard on the uh, news that a young guy drove from Alabama, not to see the governor, but to see Andy Griffith. And the, the person beside me was like, here's the guy right here. So everybody <laughs> to hear my stories. So I told it about three or four times. So I make the Raleigh newspaper the next day. They quote me in the newspaper. You know, they talk Hi, about Andy Later. Thank you very much. All right. And uh, that means we got three minutes left, friends. I'm going to wrap it up here. But Andy comes out and does his point. And it's so cool, guys. You can see it on YouTube. And I'll, I'll have a show about it. And uh, at the end, I said, well, you know, Andy had to leave somehow, Billy. And I didn't think he would leave how the governor of Bell Purdue would. She came out the side and there was a huge crowd on the side of the building. So I go on all the way in the back of the building. Nobody's back there. And I stood there probably 10 minutes. And the next thing I know, the doors open, Billy. And I see about six people come out and, a, and an old man in a wheelchair. It was Andy Griffith. In so the wheelchair. I, he's in a wheelchair. Okay. So I said, well, this is my opportunity. So I, 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 I was not going to, to, to interrupt Andy because I'd heard how he was not friendly like you think. And I didn't want Andy to cuss me out, <laughs> to tell you mm-hmm. the truth. That would ruin my whole life. And so I went to his wife, introduced her, said, hey, I'm Trey Muller, and I just drove from Alabama because I'm a big fan of your husband's. And so there any way I could say hi to him? The guy that was helping him get in the car took me right over to Andy. 
Billy, I had a camera that actually is this camera right here in this thing. I've kept it for these. This camera right here. The guy I had, I said, hey, man, could, could you take a picture of me? And he's, he said, no, I can't do that. So I let that die. They introduced me to Andy. Hey, uh, Mr. Griffith, this guy came all the way from Alabama because he's a big fan. Andy looked at me, Billy, with a big smile on his face, and he thanked me. And my heart is pounding out of my chest. You know what I told him? I said, I just want to say thank you for all the entertainment that you've provided for me. I used to dress up as a sheriff of Mayberry when the Andy Griffith show was on. And then after your show went off, Matlock would come on and I would go put on my best Sunday suit and become Matlock, which is true. They all <laughs> laughed, including Andy Griffith. You know, <laughs> the guy snapped a photo, Billy. Andy thanked me. I shake his hand, talk a little bit. They leave. I look at the, my camera. That lens right here froze halfway. Didn't open. Didn't open. The only time it's ever done that, you see the top of this head right here and Andy's card. You don't see Andy. Oh, man. I have the memory and the story. And he shook his hand. And uh, I drove home happy, man. I drove home happy. That's amazing. So you have an autograph. Check this out, guys. I'm going to hurry. I don't know what our time limit is. Andy's Oh, if you can see it. Can you see that, Billy? Yeah. Andy signed this album and it says to Marion, I appreciate it. Andy Griffith. I bought this a few years ago from an Andy Griffith collector and it's not in the best of shape. There's water damage, but that is definitely an Andy Griffith signature. And I just had, to, I like to click signatures if I can. So I have an Andy and I have an Elvis and I have a Michael Jordan. So, you know, can't get no better. How than cool that. is that? Well, Trey, man, this was great. Let's get together and do this again sometime for the next episode. All right. Tighten up, friends. Thank you all so much for watching or listening. And no double we triple. We'll see you again. Yeah.